listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Since 2009, the Pharmacy Podcast has been leading podcast publications as the insider voice of the pharmacy industry. Explore the profession and business of pharmacy through audio. Join us at PharmacyPodcast.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any of your favorite podcast directories. Welcome to the Integra X-Files, a place where we'll explore and solve for the X-Factor that will help reshape the future of long-term care pharmacy. Join us to discuss topics and insights that will help you discover ways to grow your pharmacy, stay up to date on important legislative and regulatory issues, learn best practices for operating a profitable pharmacy business, and unlock the mysteries of technology. Join hosts Francis Nahas, Chief Strategy Officer for Red Sail Technologies, and Jim McDonald, Vice President of Sales at Integra, as they connect with experts and leaders in the field to bring you content that matters in long-term care. Right, everyone. Welcome to the Integra X-Files podcast. This is our monthly podcast where we dig into all things impacting the business of pharmacy and try to discover the X factor that really drives success in long-term care pharmacy. I am incredibly excited to be here with our guest today. My name is Francis Nahas, and I'm here with my co-host, Jim McDonald, and I will kick it to Jim to introduce our guest. It's my great pleasure to introduce uh, my friend, Rusty Lee, uh, Senior Vice President of CASGA which is a group that has nursing facilities, pharmacies, health centers, nursing agencies, et cetera. Is that correct, Rusty? You wanna make sure we introduce uh, you in the right way. Absolutely, uh, hospice, home health, therapy, medical supply, distribution, foundation, uh, real estate uh, development. It's a so short it's, list of what they offer. offer, all right. All inclusive, yes, sir. Everything you're, you're dedicated that. very much to pharmacy at this point, still? Uh, Pharmacy and medical supply uh, and emergency response. Perfect. Well, I've known you for about 16 years, and um, I certainly have a pleasure in that in that area, knowing you for that long. So I want to introduce you to this uh, podcast today. You're our second guest. And as I mentioned, uh, we've got our pets hidden away so that they don't bother us during this uh, this podcast. Now, I think maybe come somewhere up and you'll have something exciting that's going to show up later in this uh, in this discussion. So we'll see how that goes. So welcome. And by the way, welcome to the first day of winter uh, in, uh, in the United States here. So welcome, Rusty. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate it very much. Glad to be here. Absolutely. We're glad to have you. Yeah. So, so Rusty, I hear you live on uh, some acreage out there in Georgia. This, this is exactly how Jim described it, some acreage. Uh, yeah, you could say that. Um, live on my dad's farm. Uh, nice. He passed away a few years ago, but uh, farm peanuts, corn and cotton. And so I'm, I'm out in the middle of about 200 acres. So uh, wow. Uh, wow. That's uh, acres. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That's, le- that's legitimately acreage. Yeah, I have. Uh, I've been social distancing really my whole life, and uh, just just didn't know that's what it was called. Well, that's fantastic. So, do you guys farm just? Um, do you just farm, or do you have animals? What do you got? Uh, you know, as my children were growing up, I had a little bit of everything uh, from yeah. goats uh, to donkeys. But uh, I'm I'm pretty much out of all that business now, except for a few dogs. But uh, uh, still, uh, there's somebody that still actively farms, you know, my dad's land now. So it's, wow. it's nice. It's nice to, uh, you know, to, to keep things, uh, kind of in his honor moving forward. 
Yeah. Yeah. Have you, so you grew up in Georgia. As well. I did. Um, yeah. You know, really, really made one big circle. Um, you know, left, uh, went to school in Alabama and uh, came back uh, in 1992. And um, after about 10 years in retail pharmacy, I uh, came back to elder care uh, where I was actually uh, given a job as an intern when elder care started. Nice. I was uh, I was their first intern, uh, Andy Hill, uh, who's certainly an icon in this business that uh, yes. helped found elder care, uh, gave me my my first shot. So uh, a lot of a uh, lot of gratitude on his behalf. That's that's awesome. I, I always feel career wise, that's you, know, you have sort of that one champion or, you know, maybe you're maybe you're lucky enough to get a couple champions that really um move your career in a particular direction that's great that's awesome fantastic so our topic for today we can jump into to the big topic so we wanted to talk about the great resignation as as folks call it and the impact it's had on long-term care pharmacy and and learn a little bit about how you've thought about it or how you've encountered the problem and what you're doing um, and being a big data nerd that I am, I, I was doing a little bit of research before we got on the call. Um, 3.8 million workers quitting their jobs essentially every month, which to me, that of course, I'm like, so every month that was data as of October. That was the average for the year as of October. And you math that out. Um, that's about 20% of the workforce turning over this year, which is incredible. Um, so interested in learning sort of what you've seen, what you guys have experienced, Rusty. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's been, I guess you would say unique. I know, um, a lot of new words are are getting used, uh, through this pandemic. Uh, one of them is unprecedented. Uh, Yeah. We have heard that uh, multiple times. And if you look at uh, this phenomenon that I guess some call the, the great resignation, um, April, July, August, and September, each month, uh, you're seeing more people resign. Um, you know, now as you kind of maybe look into the numbers a little bit, uh, maybe it's as not as much a resignation as it is a switch. Uh, it's been a certainly a phenomenal time for people to um, to look at doing something different and from a, a salary and a compensation perspective, you know, it's certainly been tremendous opportunities and um, you know, from our perspective, I think you, you look at it, the industry as a whole, uh, healthcare as a whole, um, has, you know, ha- has struggled much like, you know, really every industry has, I mean, the pandemic has not discriminated. Yeah. Uh, it has, uh, it has equally affected, um, you know, multiple industries and, and especially the health industry. And, and, uh, so, you know, it's, um, it's, it's a, it's a different time. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the data that I was looking at was saying, um, healthcare and technology were the two, um, two industries that saw the largest increase in people quitting or switching jobs, which, you know, probably for various different reasons across, across both of them, but, but by far the most impacted. Certainly. Did they enjoy staying at home? Did they change careers? Did they, uh, some people I heard started their own businesses as they're at all being at home, found something to do that they could make money at and being less challenged by an employer, maybe uh, when they're employed by themselves. So any, any thoughts there? Yeah, Jim, I mean, we've seen, you know, certainly there's been some small pockets of new opportunities, 
uh, for people to do things differently because of technology and being able to work remotely. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the vast majority of our associates in the pharmacy perspective um, have, I would say, just taken advantage of other opportunities where, you know, there's been some really attractive compensation offerings. Uh, some of these large health systems that that have, you know, the ability maybe to uh, to be more aggressive with compensation. And one thing that we've certainly created in our environment in long term care has been a, a robust technology space. Uh, and so we have been really good at, at training up really good associates. So, you know, through this is has been a retooling, um, you know, and, and right now, really, the pressure point is is technicians. Yeah. So what are you guys doing? Do you, you know, it's, we hear that from virtually every business that hiring people is really challenging, retaining them is really challenging. Are you guys doing anything um, in particular that you'd highlight to attract, to attract and retain employees? And and Francis, I guess, you know, to back up a little bit, we, we kind of look at the impact of the pandemic and, you know, the numbers that, that we've shared. I mean, we really focus on one thing. I mean, when you talk about long-term care pharmacy, you know, we're, we're really singular in nature. I mean, there's certainly some opportunities now for us to, to branch out. You're starting to hear uh, care at home and things like that. But, you know, our, our focus historically up to this point has, has been patients in long-term care settings uh, and have had a significant impact in their census uh, with census down, you know, 20, 25%. So, you know, the interesting thing is, is being able to try to balance our expenses, you know, with our revenue. And, and, you know, when there is some natural attrition, you, you know, there's one side that you say, okay, well, this may be an advantage, but then there's another side that you know that, that you always have to be prepared and you've got to have the workforce to be able to meet the needs. And so it's, um, it's, you know, we, we use keywords like lean and nimble. Um, and sometimes we just throw those around. I know historically and, and through great partnerships, I mean, certainly Integra is, is one of those great partners that, that we've had over the last 15 or 20 years. Um, we talk about doing more with less. And at the end of the day, if that was really true, we probably wouldn't need a whole lot of people right now. Uh, you know, we we still need people. I mean, people are, you know, tremendous resource. And our focus, you know, has really shifted at the work, the type work our associates are doing uh, to ensure that they're working at the top of their license. And, you know, that's that's starting to shift inside pharmacy to not just pharmacists, but also technicians. Uh, you know, you're you're seeing more and more opportunities for technicians. You're seeing not only the certifications that exist, but advanced certification opportunities, including immunizations. I mean, mm-hmm. we don't have to back up too many years, Francis. And um, it, it was it was a challenge just to get pharmacists to be able to vaccinate. Now, <laughs> right. you know, now we have technicians. So, you know, when you look at retaining associates, you look at the cost of turnover, you know, you can get your associates to stay with you if you will invest in long-term learning. And that's really one of our focus points as we head into 2022. Yeah. In the pandemic, pharmacists really came to the surface and, and really saved, not maybe, not maybe not the right word, but really uh, made themselves uh, 
a big piece of the pandemic with the ability to for the vaccinations that the pharmacist did a great job there. Yeah, absolutely. How, how has that impacted in place? So one of the things that I think about and that you hear buzz around, though, is it's it's at a macro level for pharmacy, a really fantastic thing, because uh, I think it's forced the industry to acknowledge um, how critical pharmacy is to our healthcare infrastructure and what pharmacists can do um, in delivering, particularly in rural areas um, and across the U.S., on the other hand, you know, you hear a lot of pharmacists talk about just the increased workload and the disruption to their day to day when you've got folks, you know, doing drop in vaccination clinics and things like that. So what what have you experienced there? Yeah, Francis, that's a that's a great comment. Um, you know, certainly a, a little different space when you talk about mm-hmm. an environment in a retail setting versus a closed door yep. LTC. Yep. Yep. Nobody's you know, dropping we, in to your pharmacy, right? That that's correct. Um, you know, I'm, it, it it goes back to in, in our space having the ability to uh, create a lot of efficiencies around consistencies. And, you know, that is certainly one luxury in our space that not necessarily afforded to the retail setting. But, you know, when we look at the vaccination um, opportunity as a whole, certainly, you know, very honored to, to be following Chad in this uh, second podcast. Uh, what he did and ASCP did through really spearheading and, and driving something that, you know, when when I look back over the last 10 or 15 years in long-term care, Jim, there are things that come up like um, uh, Medicare Part D. You know, when that first started, we all kind of held our breath. And, and then, and then exactly. you know, then you got short cycle dispensing. And honestly, this pandemic and, and these vaccination uh, opportunities are, are right up there with it, uh, if not even larger. And you just look at the success. And, and to me, it comes down to one thing, and that's accessibility. You know, healthcare, the accessibility has changed significantly. You know, the, the dollar is stretched thinner and everybody has to do more to to, to kind of stay whole. And when you do that, generally time is sacrificed. And so, you know, pharmacists have always been that accessible health professional. Um, and, and as they always have done historically have risen to the challenge. And, and I think, um, we're really at, at the forefront of tremendous opportunities. And, uh, and when you look at provider status, um, we have, we have positioned ourselves really well, uh, to take advantage of, of being an integral player in healthcare. And, and you mentioned rule. Um, yeah. You know, our health system, you know, we're we're in every county uh, in the state of Georgia. And, you know, many of those counties are rural counties that that do not have any health providers. Right. You know, our entities, our, our nursing centers, those are the health hubs. So um, it, it's really incumbent upon us to continue to press through uh, to, you know, to 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 be that entity that that's going to make a difference that that's going to continue to, to bring value and enrich people's lives. Yeah. That's fantastic. I mean, you live, you live on acreage, right? We talked about this. So, so I'm assuming you're in a relatively rural area. What, what do you see around you in terms of you know, the, the rural pharmacy? And this is maybe more general. This is me just being curious because you're in a rural area. Um, what do you see in terms of pharmacies in your area? 
rural, long-term care or, or community? You know, it's, it, it, Francis, it's really pretty much stayed the same. Okay. You know, we, we've got some independent pharmacies that, um, and when you look certainly independent is, is no exception. I mean, they've been under pressure. Uh, we're certainly now seeing, you know, pressure from your larger retail stores like CVS and Walgreens and they're beginning to adapt and make changes. Um, you know, so for us, it, it's pretty consistent. You know, a lot of the independents that are here ha have a long history. Uh, so they're, they're a little bit more prepared to, uh, to deal with some of these storms, especially from a reimbursement perspective. You know, again, you know, our reimbursement model has really singled around one thing, and that's filling prescriptions. And, uh, you know, just go back to provider status, vaccinations. You know, there are other opportunities, other revenue streams. And, you know, the pharmacists are doing a great job of taking advantage of those. With the with the pool of people being less, as we talked about in the beginning of this call, um, do you find it hard to compete with the big guys, the independents? I mean, because you got licensed pharmacists, certified technicians, so that, that has to be a limited uh, population. So is the competition pretty strong for those folks? Jim, you know, interestingly enough, I had an opportunity to visit a pharmacy in Tampa, Florida several years ago. And uh, you know, as, as I was traveling to the area, you know, obviously a lot different from the way it looks in Hawkinsville, Georgia, and, you know, having conversations with the pharmacy director around uh, availability, pharmacist and technician availability. And one of the things he points out is the fact that there's a, a couple of really large warehouses, Amazon and Publix distribution centers. And, you know, again, much like what, what we found ourselves in training people up to go work for larger health systems, that was what he was doing. So, you know, I, I think each, each area is unique. Uh, when you look at our space, um, a lot of it, Jim, I think it's just awareness um, and the environment that you create. And uh, when you talk about an X factor, I think that's certainly one advantage that we have in long-term care is that it is a unique space uh, we are caring for frail elderly in a lot of situations don't have anybody else to care for them. Um, and it, it's really a unique opportunity to get people that went into healthcare to take care of people, the opportunity to, to work where, where they can thrive. That's a great story there. Uh, that's so that's really interesting. So, so what they were experiencing is yeah, they're not just competing with, um, other pharmacies or other healthcare providers for that talent, they're, they're competing more broadly across industry for, for talent. And, you know, one of the things that we can do is leverage that, that sort of altruistic urge to do something that's meaningful and that gives back to, to try to retain or attract folks. Is that a fair assessment? You know, that's a, that's a fair statement, Francis. Um, you know, when, when we look at, at, at where we are today, um, let's back up five or six years ago, we, we had significant difficulties in finding pharmacists. Uh, mm -hmm. Really, historically, that was a, a long run. Uh, pharmacy schools began to, to really increase in number, uh, and not only increase in number, but increase in the number of students that each one of them could put out. I think you combine that with maybe a little cooling of the market, not as many new pharmacies opening up. 
Um, you know, I, for, from our perspective right now, from a pharmacist standpoint, you know, we're fully staffed. And when we have had opportunities, you, you've got some really strong candidates uh, to be able to pull from. Uh, now you've got to continue to build on that. You know, you talk about workforce satisfaction and you, you know, one of the, um, the things that we're looking at is, is the activities that pharmacists are performing and to ensure that they're clinical in nature. Uh, OmniCell recently had uh, their Illuminate conference. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, their CEO made the comment that there's 325,000 licensed U.S. pharmacists and as much as 76% of their time is performed doing non-clinical activities. If you could take that to zero, that's like adding over 200,000 pharmacists back to the, to the, to the workforce. That's tremendous. And yep. that's one area that, that we really got to look at is uh, the, the activities that these pharmacists are performing through technology um, and the availability of information. We, we're really going to have some unique opportunities to, to, to do just that in the future. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty incredible. And it, it is something, you know, I, I um, spent a lot of time in hospital pharmacy before I started working on the retail and long-term care side. And it was something we talked about a lot, which is, you know, there's a big component of that job that's managing supply chain and counting pills. And there's a big component that's the clinical pharmacy care. And how do you, how do you automate, you know, the first half and, enable clinicians to spend more time on the second half as a really, and it, you know, it's true in retail, it's true in long-term care as well. How do you think about culture in the pharmacy and how that impacts retention? Took the words out of my mouth. That's where I was. Yeah. 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 Jump, jump it in, Jim. No, that's cool. Exactly where I was headed. That's good. Yeah. Francis, uh, Jim, culture has always been a mainstay uh, within our health system. Um, you know, we, really pride ourselves on creating a family-like work environment. Um, there has never been a better time than now to come together. Uh, when we look at what the pandemic has done, um, and, and, you know, I noticed in the lead up to this, the, the Harvard Business Review talked about um, the, the great resignation during the end of the pandemic. And I don't think any of us really know where we are in this pandemic. In the pandemic. I mean, yeah. we, we, you know, are we in the, the, the second quarter, halftime, third quarter? We, we don't really know where we are. Um, you know, so it, 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 it comes back to really bringing people together. You know, within our health system, people, partnership, and technology are, are our three strategic pillars. You know, it's very intentional that, that people are at the front. Um, creating uh, just that community uh, within our, our workspace. Um, you know, when you talk about LTC, if there is something that I wish that, that I could do a little bit differently would be to give our associates the opportunity to see the patients that we impact each day. You know, being closed door, we talked about it, that there are advantages there, but there's also disadvantages uh, because what we don't want to do that Integra has so graciously allowed us to do is to get away from paper into an electronic document. And, and we're not treating a chart. We're, we're not treating a, an electronic document. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a real patient on the other end, you know, and, and they are associates, uh, nurses, CNAs. 
various healthcare providers that that need our support. So, um, you know, it, it's important that um, that that the culture is there to meet um, to meet the needs of each one of the individuals. This past year has taken a toll on people you know, unlike ever before in my work history, um, you know, I've had the opportunity to see, uh, you know, tornadoes and hurricanes and and different things come through and and you see how people respond, how communities respond, but those have very definite life cycles. Uh, You generally have a pretty good idea when it's going to end. And, and this is unique. You know, we, we have not been afforded the luxury, when this started a couple of years ago, uh, and, and people were talking about wearing masks and and you know the cautiousness and spacing, things that were just didn't make sense, Francis. It, it just didn't make sense. And you you look at now, you know how we behave. You know the behavior is completely changed. And, you know, it, it really it really focuses on what I would say our mental capacity. Uh, and pharmacists and healthcare providers in general, I don't want to just hone it down to us, uh, but healthcare providers in general have a tremendous amount of resilience. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I think we have to acknowledge, you know, the mental capacity that each one of us have and, and how do we, how do we support, how do we best support those around us? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been exhausting I think, for everybody, but in particular for those, in healthcare and those on the front line of healthcare, absolutely. It's, you know, anyone can respond to a crisis in a, a short period of time when the crisis is going on yeah. 18 months later and there's no end in sight. It, it becomes, you know, it becomes really hard to, to manage and to know how you sort of navigate, navigate the through line there of, of um, you know, living life and also taking the appropriate precautions. Yeah, you talked you talked about the, your your staff, you know, not knowing the people they're taking care of. I back in my pharmacy days, I was still a sales guy, but I went out to facilities and did chart reviews and mm-hmm. you know and, and spent time in nursing homes. And it was amazing what I saw in the people that were living there, those patients that existed yeah. there, and the compassion that it gave me that I didn't have uh, previously. Uh, yeah. But when you went out and learned about that, I would ideal if you could send people out there. We actually, you know, drivers go out and some of the technicians can go out. Uh, maybe it'll do cycle fills, et cetera. And they come back with that message and share with their with their counterparts. Yeah. But it would be great if everybody could have that experience. But it's hard yeah. to do that. Yeah, it's so. it's hard to do that in normal times. It's especially hard to do that. You know, the, the last year and a half. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so what what have you learned about your staff? Um, for your associates in the last year, is there anything that sort of surprised you as you've kind of navigated, navigated COVID, navigated, you know, the ramp up in vaccines, great resignation, all those things, Any, anything you've learned about them in particular that you didn't know before, didn't realize before? You know, I, I, I think I can kind of back up and take a little yeah. higher level on this, yep. this question, uh, Francis. And, and Jim and I, in a previous conversation, talked this through. And, yeah. you know, the, the pandemic itself as a whole has has sort of been a lot like a movie as it relates to the, the characters. Um, you know, in a, in a movie, you've got victims, villains, heroes, and guides. Oh, <laughs> I love, I love exactly. that. Yeah. When, yeah. when we first started, you know, a lot of us, we, we really saw ourselves as the victims. 
um, we begin to see, um, you know, certainly a decline in census and, and, and it varied, uh, by area. I mean, we had, uh, we had buildings that were immediately impacted, uh, that had, you know, just significant negative events and others that were, were kind of slow. Um, but at the end of the day, nobody was exempt from this. Um, and, and then you sort, sort of shift from the victim to the villain perspective, and, and you begin to look at how other people are responding. Um, and, you know, sometimes we, we, we don't always speak favorably of others. Um, certainly there were periods of this pandemic that we began to hear words like polarizing. Mm-hmm. You know, this is one of the most polarizing events. And, you know, I, I'm really proud to say that I, I feel like as a whole, you know, our industry, our country has has moved past that. You know, certainly there have been a lot of very difficult decisions that have had to be made in vaccine mandates are yeah. one of those. You know, right. we're we're not living in a in a time where the word mandate is a is a warm and fuzzy word. No, uh, but not then, at all. you know, when you when you look at the consequences of the vaccine and the impact, I mean the consequences of the pandemic and the impact uh, that it has had, you know, things like mandate, you know, have to they they have to be talked about and they have to be embraced. But you know, our industry the health industry and pharmacists, I mean, we quickly moved past those two stages and really the hero and the guide. Um, you know, it, it's one thing to, to to go get a big banner and, and put out in the front yard that say heroes work here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something completely different to show up every day for two years, you know, day in and day out and and deliver, you know, the way that, that we have. Um, you know, there, there is certainly no uh, substitute for experience, uh, you know, in this industry is uh, full of very seasoned veterans that have helped mm-hmm. us navigate this. Um, and I think that's that's where the guides come in. And that's where you look at, at our health system as well as, um, you know, my friends in this state that deliver the same services that we do. We've all been doing this, Jim, for a very long time. I know yep. you guys have relationships with them. Uh, and we make each other better. Um, we make each other better. And it's um, it, it's been a combination. You know, a lot of times leadership is the top down, um, but equally important is the bottom up. And uh, that that really, if you say what, what has set us apart, you know, it's seeing what what has happened from the bottom up, the, the, the associates that are working in the trenches, that are hands-on, that have the greatest amount of vulnerability, how they have embraced this. And if this, that in itself does not inspire you as a leader uh, to do better, I, I, I don't know what better opportunity uh, we could have. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well said, well said. That being said, um, what have you learned about yourself during this these times? Or is that getting too much into the weeds with you? <laughs> well, Jim, I, 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 let's let's go way back, okay? And uh, the way back you know, machine. Let's go way let's go way back to San Antonio, Texas, and uh, an Integra conference. And I knew that we had the right partners when we started racing armadillos. 
I need to hear more about the armadillo racing. <laughs> we did armadillo racing at one of our conferences. Yes. We, we, That's we did, incredible. We did armadillo racing and, uh, you know, growing up here in the country, I'm not quite sure how armadillos got to Georgia. I think they migrated from Texas with those, uh, Little short legs, Jim. That was a that was a long haul, but uh, we have them in that, Florida as well. So. There you go. So, yeah, yeah. So that uh, that that really spoke to me. Um, you know what? From my perspective, it has been about relationships and partnerships, and that's the the second strategic pillar within our health system. And you know whether we're talking about our, our GPOs, our wholesalers. Uh, our you know, legislative uh, entities that are providing support, um, and, and certainly Jim, you know Red Cell and Integra, everybody is at the forefront of of the opportunity that's in front of us. And, and really, I don't know that we would be doing anything different if the pandemic wasn't amongst us. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just what we do. You know, we we are constantly driven by this internal motor to to get better and you know honestly i I think it starts with pharmacists and pharmacy schools you look at the young professionals that are coming out today they are better equipped than ever before and you know the, the whole industry has to to kind of stand up and be prepared to meet that um and I really just applaud, you know, each entity, whether it's, you know, ASCAP, the Senior Care Pharmacy Coalition, uh, our drug wholesalers, you know, I'll try to uh, be agnostic there. But certainly every one of them, including the ones that we partner with, have risen to the occasion and uh, and delivered. I mean, when you look at the supply chain issues that we're having now, very, very minimal impact in our space. And one thing that that you cannot lose through all of this is the things that are working for you. And, you know, we we're we're challenged when we don't have medications. I mean, it's really difficult and we've been very fortunate. So a lot of times, whether it's our government or or whomever, um, somebody's doing something right. And uh, just really you always have to to look and, and applaud what what is working as you continue to battle through things like yeah. this. And that that's a that's a good point. I'll I'll throw kudos out there too to the distributors. That's it, you know, for all the talk about um you know supply chain issues. And we know there there are always points in pharmacy where shortages are an issue. Yep. Um it's really not something that has knock on wood, right? I don't want to don't yeah, jinx, jinx things <laughs> has impacted us. And that's a pretty, pretty incredible thing that yeah you know, that, that supply chain and those distributors across the board have continued to, to deliver what's needed for patients. So kudos to them. That's a good point. Um, so, so this is a good time then to, to look forward. So folks who are listening are going to be listening, hopefully probably early January. Uh, so as we move from 2021 to 2022, um, you know, where's your head at, Rusty? So what what are you thinking of? Hey, these are things we leave behind. What are you thinking about things you continue to do or start to build as you move into the future? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, always a good time to to look at what do we carry into 2022 and, and what do we what do we try to leave in 2021? Um, I'm gonna go back to in, investing in learning. 
Um, you know, right now, technicians are a tremendous opportunity, a tremendous resource, and really going to be one entity that helps us carry the torch and move forward in pharmacy as a whole. Uh, so we're going to continue to invest in in learning with our associates, um, and then continue our relationship with our partners. Um, you know, technology has become a mainstay inside of pharmacy. Um, and, and we will continue to, to focus on and leverage those opportunities uh, in 2022. Fantastic. Good ideas. Yeah, good. One last question, then, we'll, then we should probably get to the X factor before we sign off yeah. here. But what keeps you motivated? Yeah, there, it's, it's been a hard road for a couple of years. What keeps you really invested? Francis, I'm, I'm going to go back to the people that I work with every yeah. day. Yeah. I mean, they, they really do. Um, you know, again, I, I will say this last year has taken a significant toll, uh, not just from COVID and COVID-related losses, uh, but there's also been a lot of personal-related losses in our workspace. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've, we've lost associates uh, directly related to COVID and, and other uh, situations. And so um, I think it's just the people that I work with, um, you know, your work family is just that. Uh, we all spend a tremendous amount of time at work, um, and those relationships are significant. And, and in our space, uh, we're very fortunate. You know, we really don't see the others in our our area as competitors. We see them as partners. You know, we all have one ultimate mission, uh, and we all work very well together to to meet uh, to meet those needs. So uh, it's just it's uh, it's just. It's just really a blessing, you know, to get up every day and have the opportunity to enrich somebody's lives in uh, knowing that in our case, it's the frail elderly. Uh, and and the, there's never been a better opportunity than, than right now. Uh, and, and I'm looking forward to the next question. All right, Jim, you want to tee it up? What is the X factor and let's say solving staffing challenges in long-term care? What do you think that is? What, what's the X factor for you? You know, Jim, it's, it's the environment in which we create. And if you backed up in long-term care, even five years ago, but certainly 10 years ago, we were very limited in what we could do due to technology. I mean, there, there was not a lot of internet connectivity in our nursing centers. A lot of our buildings, you know, were older buildings mm. uh, that even where internet was available, it didn't move very well. Uh, so, you know, today, you know, everything around us is moving at such a rapid pace. The consumer expectation has completely changed. You know, whether you're 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 buying groceries or buying a television, the experience is enhanced. And we have those same opportunities in long-term care, those same opportunities in healthcare. You know, you see a, a big acquisition that was announced this week uh, yeah. on the acute care side. You know, Huge. that that yeah. that's, that speaks volumes. I mean, that speaks volumes. And you know, Jim, you know, you know, I often struggle typing EHR because it, it wants to change it to her, right? <laughs> it does. And somewhere, yeah, yeah. somewhere around the fourth attempt. It, it gets it right. And honestly, I don't think we're more than a couple of three years away from it just being a health record. You know, there was yeah. this, um, 
you know, this natural, uh, we've got to call it electronic health record because the only thing we knew was paper paper. And, and now, you know, technology and, and, and look at remote patient monitoring and wearables and, you know, like right now, a, a tremendous amount of activity around taking care of patients at home uh, was on a, a webinar yesterday. When you talk about really in the next five, six, seven, eight years, the number of patients that are going to grow in our space and the availability of beds. I mean, certainly today, you know, we're, we're on the other side of that, but there's not going to be enough capacity. And so we're going to have to find a different way to do it. We're going to have to be more creative. And when you, when you have these unique opportunities, it creates those learning environments that really people want to be a part of, you know, those, those new and exciting environments. And, and you've got to center yourself around the right people. And, and long-term care has, has done just that, you know, whether it's our professional organization or the vendors, the technology that's out there, um, there's, there's never been a better time to, to be excited about what the future of patient health opportunities are in, in our space than, than now. So that's the that's the big carry into 2022. Fantastic. Yep. Great. Well, fabulous. This has been such a fun conversation. I always enjoy. It. Jim Jim's known you for what did we say? <laughs> Seventeen years. Sixteen. Yeah. Well, we're I've known you for an hour. Yeah. Um, but it's been fabulous. I've learned so much. Um, and this this is the most fun part of this for me is to to get out there and be able to talk to all of you who are in the industry and have been in the industry and really learn, learn from your experience. Thanks for listening to the Integra X-Files. We'd like to hear from you and gain your perspective on the X-Factor and improving long-term care pharmacy. Connect with us at IntegraXFiles.com. That's IntegraXFiles.com.